you really know the connection between your teeth and the rest of your health? Did you know that problems in your body can affect your teeth and vice versa? If you have silver fillings, what could they be doing to present a toxic environment to your system? Welcome to the Tooth Body Connection with Dr. Don Ewing. In this program, you'll learn about precautions and safe practices in order to keep your teeth and the rest of your body at safe and healthy levels of life. Now, here is Dr. Dawn Ewing. Yes, I am Dr. Dawn Ewing. I'm the Executive Director of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. Years ago, I started off in dentistry only to get out and go more towards the medical direction, only to find out I really needed to come back into dentistry because there was such a tight connection of people's health problems with what was going on in their mouth. Our organization is a group of physicians and dentists that get that connection that what's going on in your mouth could have a direct impact on your health and vice versa. Your health could have a direct impact on your teeth. So if you're looking for a biological dentist, I'm going to encourage you to go to our website, which is www.iabdm.org. And if you'd like to listen to any of the past shows, you can certainly do that directly through our website. You can also look for a dentist there find some other interesting articles about some things you're interested in, or you can email me if you have a direct question or you're having a hard time finding a practitioner. You know, my particular story is not something that is unique. Uh, I got involved in dentistry and I got high levels of mercury in my body and really didn't have a clue that I did. And then I got pregnant and gave birth to a child that uh, had some neurological problems. Later, when I got Back into dentistry, and I started networking with some really strong women in dentistry, it seemed that we all had a common theme, that a lot of us had children that had neurological problems because of our exposure to mercury. So it's interesting that nowadays, still at the dental school, and I go down to the dental school here at University of Texas on an annual basis, they still don't have precautions for the female dental students, even their though they are being exposed to uh, mercury being taken out of people's mouth. And, of course, it's still the standard of care to put an amalgam in, which I'm going to remind you is 50% mercury. So I am super excited today about our guest, uh, a friend of mine, Freda Rosenbaum, who's also one of those strong dentists that I was talking about that has uh, also some neurological issues in her family from her exposure. So I'm going to invite you to listen to Dr. Freda Rosenbaum. And thank you, Freda, for coming on today. Well, thank you, Don, for having me and for facilitating this beautiful forum. And just as you said, I think most of us who end up in this field of dentistry have had issues, personal issues that affected either loved ones or ourselves or our children. So for me, I began doing um, holistic dentistry or biological dentistry about 25 years ago. I have two daughters. My older daughter at the time, who was an excellent student, was complaining that her head felt funny. And after taking her for all kinds of medical exams and eye exams and sinus x-rays and brain scans because she wouldn't go to school for six weeks, I ended up having her tested, and she had food sensitivities, and the one that was putting her back into bed and knocking her off her feet was broccoli. And I thought, oh, my God, here I've been feeding my daughter something I thought was healthy, and she thought was healthy, and we thought we were doing a good job, and it was absolutely putting her into bed. The next thought that I had was, what am I putting into people's mouths 
that they may be sensitive to, and they can't even get away from it because I have cemented it into place. Mm. When I said this to the um, doctor who had done her food testing, he was a chiropractor, he said, I don't understand your profession. He says, they're taking a poison and putting it into people's mouths. He goes, it makes no sense to me. And so that began my, um, my venture into holistic alternative dentistry and really accommodating a, an enormous number of patients who are sensitive to all the materials that we put in, but most notably mercury. And as you mentioned, I have a, another daughter who is mentally handicapped. Now, I worked as a dentist right through my pregnancy and had no information that this might be damaging to my unborn fetus. And for me, it just infuriates me that you can go to the dental schools. I can speak to young female dentists all the time. Most of us will do anything to protect our babies, our fetuses, from damage. We stop all kinds of caffeine and drugs and sweeteners, everything we can think of to have a healthy child. And yet no one has ever said to us, this might be dangerous for your baby. This is a problem for you. Put on a gas mask. Put on some oxygen. Do something differently. And... Sadly enough, it wasn't until I came to one of the meetings when I realized the impact that me working as a dentist had had created on both of my children because in spite of one being very intelligent, she is hypersensitive to everything in the world, foods, chemicals, you name it. And the other one is mentally handicapped and really functions, has to be supervised. She will never be independent on her own. And so um, while I can't say for definitive reasons, it was all mercury, I know that had I known even a smidgen of what I know today, I would have protected myself differently while I was going through my pregnancies and certainly eliminated mercury from the environment if I'd had the opportunity. So as I said, I've been practicing this now for 25 years and the practice has grown and changed and evolved and um, and I'm very grateful to be here as a a partner for people in their quest for better health because so many of my patients and probably yours too are they're kind of like do-it-yourselfers they had to step out of standard medicine because they weren't getting results they weren't getting resolution people would say there's nothing wrong with you you have there's no problems really and it's only now with the advent of us, I see it with functional medicine practitioners, that they're actually evaluating people for heavy metal toxicity for failed root canals. And I'm so grateful to so many of them that they um, are willing to see that it's a possibility that their dentistry has actually impacted their health and, and allow that to be part of what their diagnostics involve. So for me, it's been a real interesting 25 years to see the evolution of this and to see it starting to just show up in mainstream dentistry and mainstream medicine as a possibility. Yes. You know, I really liked the comment that you made that not everyone is is sensitive or allergic to mercury, but it is toxic for 100% of the population. Let's let's not forget Mm -hmm. that it is a known neurotoxin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No question you, about that. You made a, a, a comment here that I want to make sure that we can clarify for listeners. Functional mm-hmm. medicine, because we hear a lot of terms. You know, you hear complementary medicine and alternative medicine and functional medicine. So for those listening out there, those are all very similar terms of mm-hmm. functional medicine. They will probably more be inclined to look at things outside of the box, like well, heavy metal there's toxicity. there's integrative medicine also. But the way I distinguish functional medicine for myself, and as I sat and studied it for several years, they, um, 
they look at the whole picture. So they'll look at, okay, I had dentistry done in 1995, and I developed an autoimmune disorder a year later, and I developed um, fatigue a year after that. And so there's a progression of things that the functional medicine people look at. I was on birth control here. I had surgery here. I was on antibiotics here. And they look at the whole progression of things. And when you go into a functional medicine doctor, this is an example I frequently use for my patients, and you say, I have depression, I'm depressed, they don't write you a prescription for Prozac. Immediately they take you off of sugar and wheat and gluten and put you onto high doses of um, fish oils. And so there's an attempt to not write a prescription for everything. And to really, to get to the source, go downstream to what, what, what confused the system, what confounded it and made it impossible to heal itself, and how can we take those things out of the, the, the burden of the body, including the heavy metals that are mercury toxic. Right, um, and, so that's and how the, ranges, the ranges that they're looking at may be more, um, a tighter range of what we would consider functional just like looking at, at uh, milligrams given in a, a dose of something might be higher because it's, it's a therapeutic level that's being given. So your physician might be looking at a glucose range that's a little tighter or a cholesterol range that's a little tighter than just the within normal range for the labs. And even for the thyroid, so many people are misdiagnosed with they have low thyroid, but the doctors say, well, it's within normal range, but they're a point above normal. So for them, they're really suffering and, and struggling. Yeah. So in your practice, do you see pregnant women? I do see pregnant women. I also see quite a few women who are planning on becoming pregnant. And um, more and more of those lately are reading about heavy metal toxicity. They're concerned about the increased rates of neurological disorders in children on the autism spectrum, and they're doing whatever they can to clear out their own systems so that whatever's carrying this, this, in, this baby, this, this fetus, has the opportunity to not download into the children. So for a lot of our patients that come in, they want to get pregnant. They want their mercury removed first. And one of the things, and, and we do a lot of that, but one of the things I always emphasize to them and to your listeners too is getting the mercury out of your mouth is, is a, a first step really. Mercury is so tightly held in the body, in the liver, in the brain, in the neurological system that even clearing out the mercury exposure that's on a daily basis in your mouth is the beginning of it. There's a, a whole lot of things that need to happen afterwards in order to really clear the system out and allow it to um, be available for the fetus to, to thrive. There's a lot of research out there that if the mother's body is heavily burdened with mercury, they can take the umbilical cord of the baby and find it loaded with mercury. So apparently the mother who is heavy metal toxic downloads it into the baby and downloads it into the fetus. And um, they can test the placenta, they can test the umbilical cord, and they will find a correlation. And they'll even find correlations with the number of mercury fillings in a pregnant mother's mouth and the level of mercury in a child. Now, most of these studies have not been done in the United States, but, but they are available by very reputable um, scientific research areas. Yes, I, I know that, uh, you know, we, we tried to inform listeners in past shows, but I'm going to remind those for listening for the first time, that when you have a, an amalgam, which is 50% mercury, and you mm -hmm. brush over the top of that tooth, 
or you chew with that tooth, or you drink anything that is hot, even hot water, or you drink anything that's cold that's acidic. So now we've got iced tea, coffee, lemonade, orange juice. That mercury comes off of that filling, and then you swallow it. So I know people might be listening going, well, wait a minute. You say that there's mercury in the umbilical cord. How does it get in there? It's a continual 24-hour-a-day exposure for that woman while she has it in her mouth. And that's how the baby gets mercury into the, the infant itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we're dealing in an ideal world, we get a woman that is um, wanting to conceive. So we're going to prepare her for mercury removal and get the amalgams out. I'm going to assume, and I know this answer, you practice mercury safe dentistry. Can you explain to us what that is in, in your words? Sure. So we try and um, mitigate and or eliminate the possibility of the vapor, which comes off of any um, mercury filling, that as we remove it, we, there's going to be vapor released. So for in this office, there's charcoal in the mouth. There's a special suction that sits over the tooth. There's a special suction that sits over the patient's chest to remove the vapors from the front of their body. They receive oxygen on their nose at the same time. Um, and then there's a couple of different filters in my office also to help uh, ionize the mercury so that it has a potential for precipitating instead of continuously floating in the air. As a dentist and my assistants, we all wear gas masks to try and prevent our exposure on a daily basis to the mercury levels that are there. So we take every precaution. We're also, uh, my patients are all dressed from head to toe in disposable wear here in the office. Their hair is covered and um, and we're real cautious about really rinsing things out thoroughly after removal. I okay, when thumbs it up. we we are going to uh, take a short break here, but when we come back, I would like to talk about you know now that we have the amalgam out of the mouth, mm-hmm. what do we do as our next step? to remove the excess mercury that's built up in body tissues. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, that's where we're going to pick up. Okay. Your life. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso. To bust through the myths about feeding your baby, Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change? Or just take the change out of your pocket. Tune in to Shelley's Show and Tell with host Shelley Hancock. 
we'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you ready for a real, fact-based show about alternative and natural approaches to health? Listen for Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox. We're not about the latest health fads. We're about proven methods from real patients and real situations. Each week's show is an eye-opening look behind the scenes of real health. Live Healthy, Be Healthy can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing, and today's show, we're talking about mercury exposure and the pregnant woman, whether it's a pregnant dentist or whether it's a woman that's pregnant, and we're discussing, you know, what happens with the mercury and the infant, and in the first segment, we were talking about actually taking out the mercury fillings and how important it is to go to a mercury-safe dentist. So one of our dentists from the IABDM will follow a set of protocols, which Dr. Rosenbaum just spelled out in, in good detail. So I'm proud to say that you know going to her office would provide you with a mercury-safe environment. And, and once we take those fillings out, and of course we replace them with something that's biocompatible, you don't want to take out... Um, a known neurotoxin, mercury, and then put in something that you might be sensitive to. And I think that that, Freda, was something that you really touched on in the beginning. You know, what is it that we put in people's mouth? There's nothing as good as what God gave us. They're all man-made chemicals. And, of course, nowadays we have different types of testing. And we actually did a, a complete show on different types of compatibility that's available so that people can find out what kind of material could be placed back in the mouth. But what do we do after the amalgam's taken out and your new filling is in there that's not an amalgam, it's a composite or a different kind of restoration? You know, how do we get rid of the rest of the mercury? Well, there's a lot of routes that people use and a lot of people do it themselves, looking on the internet, figuring it out. The mercury itself is a very interesting um, poison in that it converts into different kinds of mercury in the body and can be affected by the bacteria in the mouth and be turned into methylmercury at that point. And so it's very difficult to eliminate it by yourself, in my opinion. So people use what are called chelating agents, and there are lots of them out there. Um, but they tend to have, a, it's almost like there's a magnet that's held it into the body, held it into the brain, held it into the liver, and the magnet that we're passing through, which is the chelating agent, has a stronger pull on that mercury that's being held than our bodies do. 
And so there's a lot of pieces of that as the body has to filter out this stuff in terms of being able to eliminate it and not be reabsorbing it again and again. So I have some patients who are working with a practitioner. They actually go for an IV vitamin C or some kind of an IV that has some kind of a chelation drip in there. Um, some of our patients use a, an over-the-counter company that will actually test them with something called DMPS and then they are able to use that as a chelating agent orally by themselves as well. Um, some of our patients go to, so there's IV, there's oral chelation, and then a lot of people will do all kinds of juice cleanses and other kinds of cleanses. We know far infrared saunas are a wonderful way to detox from this stuff, and um, that's one of the possibilities is being able to sweat it out and avoid the kidney level levels and the liver levels. So and and then there's there's a lot of different companies now selling good products, um, but again I always feel that they should be with a practitioner who is able to help them through some of the struggles because it can be difficult to detox from mercury on your own. Some people get very um, tired; they can feel flu-like, and so we offer people in this office. We offer them the DMPS. We offer them the vitamin C. And, um, but I always encourage people to, to continue with this and to find a practitioner that can help them through the rough spots because there are often bumps in the road in this process. Yes, I like that. Dr. John Trowbridge did a show for us about the importance of finding someone to network with to do your chelation. And, of course, when we're talking about pregnancy, you know, we, we get into that MTHFR flaw, which makes them mm. uh, have a more difficult time carrying a pregnancy, and they become mercury hoarders. They get the mercury in their body, and they don't methylate that mercury correctly in order to get it out of the body, so it's much more difficult for them. So instead of just doing guesswork, then it's mm-hmm. it's super important that you are preparing your body for this perfect pregnancy. So if someone's in a dental profession, would you have any advice for a dental assistant or a dentist that just found out they're pregnant, and they're still working in dentistry in a traditional office. I stay away from the mercury, stay away from the amalgams. But for me, I would make sure that I had a really good ventilation system and a suction that sat beside the face of that patient and me to take away the mercury and to at least eliminate it from the vapors. And I always wear a gas mask, and I have for the last 25 years. And I've given them out as gifts to women who are starting dental school who are horrified to wear them in front of their until they get pregnant or they, you know, meet my daughter. So um, I think a gas mask is a very important thing. I created a website. I don't know if we've mentioned it, but it's called the... No, we haven't. We need to. So it's called thepregnantdentist.org, and it refers to our organization, the IABDM, a couple of the other mercury-free dentists um, organizations, and there's also a link to get the mask, the gas mask, because I felt it was that important that I think it's really um, actually horrible that they didn't educate us as women in dentistry that we are exposed to so many toxins besides the mercury, but so many other toxins that are... um, problems for fetuses. And it's funny, I'll just tell you this briefly, Dawn, but over the years, you know, I've gone to hundreds and hundreds of dental meetings and very often people look at me funny because I'm a mercury-free dentist and you get these strange looks and they'll sit very quietly at lunch and eventually you start talking to people and they realize, well, you're not a complete wacko. You have an element of intelligence. And as the years have gone by, I get these phone calls three, four, five years later going, you know, I was just diagnosed with heavy metal toxicity, and I remembered your name, and I remembered what you had said, and now it's hitting me. And, 
And so over the years, it's like I met a, a, a female dentist at a regular dental meeting who lost four babies. She couldn't support a pregnancy at all. And all of them were born so severely it was they were teratomas, I think. They were so severely deformed that they were never viable options. And until somebody looked through her office and she realized there was a, a canister of uncovered mercury scrap, because we have to save it. It's not allowed to be, you know, we, we're not allowed to put it out into the environment. It's, it, until it comes out of your mouth, it's, it, it, it becomes toxic when it comes out of your mouth. They found a bucket of uncovered mercury scrap, and the office was shut down by the OSHA because it was so toxic in mercury vapors. And this poor woman had been dealing with this for like eight years and never knew. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. So as I go through these life experiences and realize, it's like, how do we get this out there to, to fellow women dentists who have suffered? You know, one of the most amazing things for me was to come to one of our little meetings that I had come to with you in Texas and to find that I was sitting in a room with 10 women and eight of those 10 women had children with neurological deficiencies. It was astounding to me, having been all over the world and all over places, to find this much camaraderie in a place that I really hadn't expected to find it. So I think it's so important that we get it out to the female dental profession. And it's very hard for us to hear this. I I remember that meeting, yes. I I remember Mm -hmm. us literally all having an aha moment that we all thought that we, you know, we had these deep, dark secrets of our children and, and, and really the, for me, almost the shame of did, could I have done something different and the guilt, uh, of not knowing and then to find a, a whole support group of all of us that said, no, I mean, we, we, we didn't know. We didn't know that we were no. being exposed. Nobody told us. So the crime here is not telling people now that we know. Yes. Uh, you know, what we've gone through is horrific with our children. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I know you feel as, as passionate about this as I do. Uh, I remember you and I being at a, a holistic dental association meeting and, uh, Roberta Glasser, bless her heart, coming up with a, the creative idea of let's just have a women in dentistry breakfast and how mm-hmm. many people came to that meeting and we just started sharing and we found out that there weren't just the eight of us. There was a whole other group of women out there. Yeah, yeah, so huge. I, um, I'd like to know why you started the website, thepregnantdentist.org and, 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 uh, and just... I mean, was it just because of this, or how long has it been up? It's been up about five years now, and I really wanted there to be some scientific backbone to whatever it is that we're saying. And so the research that's on here, these are good scientific journals documenting. When I say to you there is mercury in the umbilical cord, there's an article there. When I say to you that there's a correlation between amalgams in a mother and the amount of mercury in a child, there's an article on there. And they're not all United States articles, but they're all really good peer-reviewed research articles. And so I wanted there to be a place where people could say, you know, you may not believe me because I'm sitting at lunch with you, but go look at this. Because it's not just, it's about pregnancy, yes, and it's about the pregnant dentist, but it's really about the chemistry of the mercury and how it infiltrates the system and how it gets into us all. So um, I felt it was, I, I was so, for me, it was a huge burden off of my own head to know that it was up there someplace. Yes, yes, and just 
passing that on and making it available to everybody because, I mean, you just can't talk to everybody. But if you've got it out there and, and still people are, are unaware that it exists. So can you, can you give us the website again? It's thepregnantdentist.org. Okay. Uh, T-H-E-P-R-E-G-N-A-N-T-D-E-N-T-I-S-T dot org. So those of you that are are looking for it, we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how a mom's mercury level can actually impact her unborn child. So we'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. If you're looking for a biological dentist, please go to our website, www.iabdm.org. I don't want anyone out there listening to the show to just assume they can run out to a general dentist and choose to have their mercury fillings removed without having complete protection. That protection is a particular protocol that's been put in place, and we call that safe mercury removal. So the 
process of having a drill touched to that mercury filling can put off this mercury vapor that then you are breathing directly into your body. So please, 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 before you run out and make that decision, which could cost you your health and or in this case today, we're talking about mercury exposure and pregnancy, how that could impact your child. Please don't make that decision. So going to our website can help you find a dentist. If you want to go to the website that we've been talking about today, thepregnantdentist.org, then you can tap into some additional information from the show we've been talking about. And Dr. Rosenbaum, will you please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with your office or get in touch with you? Sure. I'm located in South Florida, um, not far from the Fort Lauderdale Airport. My office phone number is 305 305- Nine three 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 five zero, and um, the office email address is Dream Dentist D R E A M Dentist all one word three one nine at aol dot com. And the um, number again three zero five nine three 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 five zero. Okay. We've got that. So I got an email here from a woman who checked in listening to the show. And mm-hmm. she said, Dr. Rosenbaum, I'm, I'm already pregnant. And now she's frightened. She's heard this information. What would be the suggestion for what she is best for her? Um, at this point, I would just make myself as healthy as I possibly can and, um, and just keep my body as strength and as strong as I possibly can. I don't, I don't believe in removing mercury during pregnancy. I agree. Um, and I also am concerned with the crossing over even to breast milk because it's been shown that there's mercury vapor and mercury coming into breast milk as well. So in terms of once you're already pregnant, um, afterwards, I, I, you know, there are people that choose to not breastfeed once they find out that they are mercury toxic. They will pump and dump or um, just... Uh, go back to non-breastfeeding formulas. Um, it's, a, it's a hard call to make. I would stay as healthy as I possibly could and eliminate any other toxins that I can possibly think of and uh, keep a close eye on my baby afterwards. I agree. Now, uh, what I, do I you can, think? Yeah? Well, I, for, you know, from a, we were talking about this at break. Um, you know, from a personal standpoint, I was mercury toxic when I was pregnant with my son. I didn't have a clue that I was. And then I chose to breastfeed because I thought that was the healthiest thing for him. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that all this mercury that I had was, I was just adding to his load. And it wasn't until later when we did heavy metal testing on him when his mercury was through the roof. And, right. and I just scratched my head and think, where in the world did this mercury come from and this little baby? Uh, and and it was me. So, you know, it is a personal decision. Uh, if I had to go back and do it again, I probably wouldn't have breastfed. I, well, if I had to do it all again, I would have taken precautions and made sure that I my body was healthier so that I wouldn't have to go through, and certainly for my son's sake, he wouldn't have to go through what he's had to go through. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what you did. I, did you breastfeed your kids? I did, and I don't think I would do that again either, but I was also heavy. I mean, I had a a mouthful of mercury fillings for many, many years from when I was a kid, so there's no question I downloaded everything into my kids and worked while I was pregnant as well. So, uh, you know, both of them have significant issues, and um, 
and and we would do anything for our children to not have any issues. So, um, yeah, I would probably avoid breastfeeding if it were me and I had that level of mercury in my body and I knew what I know now. I would probably watch out for it and not do it. Yeah, and you know, you said something that kind of triggered me. You said that you had a mouthful of amalgams for many years. You know, I, I don't. And oh. so the mercury exposure that I got was mm-hmm. strictly from breathing what's coming in a dental office. You know, the only wow. state that mandates that there's any kind of a placard or warning is in California. A placard's right. supposed to go in a waiting room saying, hey, if you're pregnant, you shouldn't be mm-hmm. sitting in the waiting room of our office because the air quality exceeds what should be safe for a pregnant woman. Now, what about all the rest of the people that are sitting in the waiting room, all the little kids and babies? So I guess once your baby is born, bring it on into the office. Now it's safe for them to be exposed to these mercury. It's just the dumbest, craziest thing ever. But at least California is, you know, protecting pregnant women. from what women. I understand, Canada that has the... The, the guidelines do no harm. You don't have to prove that it's harmful. You just don't want to take the chance. Doesn't put mercury fillings into pregnant women or small children, as are several other countries in the in Europe area that also do not put mercury fillings into pregnant or small children. So there is some awareness on some levels in some places, but not so much here. No, it's just really slow. Here, we have gotten another email from someone who says that the two of us have been talking about the fact that our mercury levels were high how did we get tested? Now, mm. I can speak from, from you know, my experience. Um, you know, I went through laboratory testing to make sure that my kidneys were healthy enough to withstand doing a urine challenge. I did a very special hair test, not a regular hair test, to look for toxic metals to see if I was naturally excreting them. And then a urine, a provoked urine challenge was done, which means I was given a chelating agent, which basically forces like like two little guns going to sell saying this is a stick up you got heavy metals dump it and then you collect six to 24 hours worth of urine and you end up with a measured amount of different metals not just mercury but different metals oftentimes there's lead or arsenic or aluminum that is also found um, in many individuals and so uh, was your experience different i've probably been tested eight or nine times over the years um and I have seen significant changes for myself as I've become more aware and gone for chelation. So I've done um, provoked challenges. I had initially, very many years ago, done where they just do kinesiology, muscle testing. Um, I don't know how much you've talked about that kind of stuff, but it was also very clear that I had heavy metal toxicity um, based on just kinesiology. And, um, and so over the years, I have chelated uh, at least 10 times one way or another, oral chelation, IV chelation, um, far-infrared sauna. I have done so many different kinds of ways to try and clear it out of my system. And, um, and I test very low now, but I'm still, I'm still elevated. It's not where it used to be, but it's still, cause, I guess, because I work with it every day, all day. And so it's still a challenge to keep it under control. Yes. So for for Denise, who was the emailer that emailed us the question about how you test for heavy metals, number one, I want to say that this this would be something that you wouldn't be doing on your own. It's not something you just go online and and you can uh, order a test kit. You'll actually have to go through a practitioner that deals with chelation in order to get this done. And if you are pregnant, it is not the time to be doing a urine challenge. So Please let me put that bug in in your ear that, you know, to do the hair test is non-invasive. 
And if you showed up with high levels of mercury, well, then you're a, a decent excreter. In my case, I didn't show up with high levels of heavy metals in my hair because I do possess part of the MTHFR flaw. So I'm I a hoarder. I think that's a very interesting point, Dawn, that you have to make for people, that the hair test coming back negative is not an indication that you have no mercury in your system. It's an indication that you have no way of excreting it from your system. And so it's not a conclusive, because I have people come in and say, well, I had nothing in my hair. I said, that's not an indication that you're not mercury toxic. Amen. That it's an indication that nothing is coming out. Right. Now, I, fact, I remember Boyd Haley doing yes, this test. Yes, that's what I was going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Please tell us. No, please no, tell I, us. He was talking about the, he was testing the little boys for heavy metal toxicities. And he said some of the most autistic, severely neurologically compromised kids had no mercury coming out of their hair at all. And so it became, that became the, the hypothesis that, in fact, they have no way of getting it out of their system, that we use our hair as a means to get it out of us. And for some people, they can't get it out at all. So it's not in the hair one bit. So um, I, I don't want people to think that that's a great way to get their cells tested because I don't really func- I don't really believe that it is. Right. So Dr. Boyd Haley, who uh, was a professor emeritus, I mean, he's still around, but he's doing something different now, was doing some research years ago, and he was actually looking at mothers who were pregnant that had amalgams in their mouth, and he was looking at the amount of uh, mercury coming out in their hair. And then when the babies were born, he took hair samples on the days uh, right after they were born, and this whole group of children didn't have any mercury at all. And so his Mm -hmm. first reaction was, oh my gosh, what did these moms do that protected their babies? We need to really go back and find out because if there's something that can lock the mercury and prevent it from getting into the baby, then we need to find out what that is, only to find out later that every one of those children was severely autistic and they're, they're right. hoarders like myself where they, they just don't dump it. Right. So no way to we get promise, it out. Yeah, we promised the listeners that we would talk about how a mom's mercury level can impact their unborn child. So um, what would you like to share about that? Well, just like we've mentioned, it really does accumulate in the system. And how does mercury affect us in general? It's really a neurotoxin. So it can impact the baby's brain health in long term, um, all different ways, IQ, reflexes, um, possibly other neurological disorders that we really aren't positive of a link with, but we certainly don't want to allow ourselves to be exposed to that. Um, Mercury is a really invasive neurotoxin. And so any of it in a little tiny baby infant is a dangerous issue. Yeah. And so uh, an infant being born, I know in, I don't know what you did for your kids. But um, in my instance, we started chelating at a really young age. And Mm -hmm. it's now more recognized that a lot of these kids with neurological problems also have gut issues along with that MTHFR. And so there's a, a really a good protocol set up by physicians that can work with these young kids. And they don't always have to be IV chelators. Um, there's mm-hmm. patches now and creams right. and um, the orals that are very good. And, and we spoke about Boyd Haley. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what you know about uh, Boyd Haley's product that he had several years ago, but there was a product called OSR that was so effective that it had to be taken off the market. Now, go of figure. Course. 
I mean, what <laughs> the reason that it was taken off was not that the FDA said it didn't work. It's because parents of children that were using this on their neurologically compromised kids were blogging back and forth. This stuff is amazing. My kid hasn't had eye contact and is nonverbal and has been using this for, you know, three weeks, three months, and all of a sudden has started talking. And so they came in and said, if it truly is this good, it's got to be a drug. We've got to shut you down. Right. Which is just. I remember that whole issue with Boyd Haley. I do. Um, um, So he is now in the process of he's picked a different country and has formulated it over there. And I I assume listeners will be able to hear me say that I'm proud to announce that Boyd Haley is back up and running. He's actually in phase two uh, research here in the United States, and uh, it will be available soon. So for those of you listening that have children that are compromised. Okay, we are going to take our next break. And we'll be back in just a minute. Okay. Your life. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Dawn at drdawn.net. That's drdawn at drdawn.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. 
I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing, and today we have been speaking with Dr. Freda Rosenbaum, who is a dentist in Aventura, Florida. And if you would like to reach her, her email for the office is dream, D-R-E-A-M, dentist, D-E-N-T-I-S-T, 319 at AOL.com. Her office number is 305-933-3350. And if you'd like to find a biological dentist and you're outside of the Florida area, then you can go to our website, www.iabdm.org. That's the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. And those are dentists that get everything that we've been talking about. The fact that mercury is a toxin. The fact that there's a safe mercury removal. The fact that, you know, being pregnant might not be the best time for you to have your mercury fillings removed. You know, Dr. Rosenbaum, besides the mercury issue that we've been talking about, are there any other particular things that we need to be aware of for a pregnant woman. Let's say I just broke a tooth. I don't even have a a mercury filling that needs to be addressed, but I fell and I broke a tooth and I need to have a composite put on a front tooth. Is there any special precautions that need to be taken for the fact that I'm pregnant? Well, I would certainly avoid any nitrous oxide in a dental office. Even if it's on in an adjacent operatory, I would stay away from it, and I would mention it to whoever was working on me that I don't want any nitrous on in the office while I'm here. It's a known fact that um, nurses, female nurses who are in uh, an anesthesia are, are very high percentage of um, miscarriages, and so nitrous is definitely an issue. Anesthetic, I would also be cautious about, so if things are able to be done with as little anesthetic or without epinephrine, those would be my choices. And, and when I can wait until the second trimester, I do. So if a patient comes in and they're just newly pregnant, I'm very cautious about whether they're getting x-rays, whether they can wait a little bit longer, and what can be done as, as in, uninvasively as possible. Okay, so we, we want to explain that the use of nitrous oxide, which is also called laughing gas, which is how most people mm-hmm. hear that, replaces some of the oxygen and creates a hypoxic situation so you feel a little giddy, which means that you're low in oxygen, so that would translate to less oxygen for the infant, which is probably not anything that would be of a good health for a, a developing fetus. And it, Are there any other things that you can think of um, a reasons why nitrous would be contraindicated. Well, there's a known there is a known correlation with with uh, miscarriages and okay. nitrous. Okay. So it's not even about affecting the fetus; it's about letting the pregnancy become a long term pregnancy. Okay, I know with the a type of MTHFR flaw that I have, which is the C77T, that. Um, using nitrous for long periods of time can create a deficiency in folate. So, uh, again, probably not a good thing for a pregnant woman at all. So I, I agree with your recommendation of no nitrous in the office. For the anesthetic, let's say I have to have an anesthetic. You mentioned no epinephrine. Can we give them a reason why? Uh, I just think the less toxic materials and the less vasoconstriction we have in terms of allowing a sufficient amount of blood flow to go wherever it needs to go. Um, There are times when it's unavoidable, in my practice at least, to not use it, but if we can avoid it on a a pregnant woman, we do. Okay. So we're going to give a a short synopsis here. Um, Again, recap for us. In the ideal world, we want to 
try to get our amalgams taken out before we try to get right. pregnant. We want to get our body cleaned up. Talk to somebody about chelation in your office. You network with different practitioners that can provide that part of the service for them. If they're pregnant, we opt not to have dental work done in the first trimester. And if it's amalgam removal, we opt not to do it at all. Um, same thing in the breastfeeding mom? Yeah. Is yeah. Really in the ideal right. world. Okay. And then yeah. um, anything else as far as uh, we, we spoke about different ways to chelate. And I think at break you came up with one that I had uh, forgotten about. So there's a company called Mercout, M-E-R-C-O-U-T. It's a, they will actually sell you a test kit for yourself. The price is reasonable, and they will send you four pills of DMPS, which is one of those chelating agents. You'll collect urine for two hours, and they will send you a report. You can ask for an expanded report with many metals, but the mercury report is not an outrageous price, and it gives you an idea whether this is something that you really need to address for example, if you're planning on getting pregnant and you don't feel badly, but you just want to make sure you're clear, it's a good way to screen yourself and see how badly it is. My suggestion, though, would be before you do it is that you're off of most fish for about four days in the process because sometimes there's so much mercury in the fish that it confounds the reports. And Do you have an opinion about women eating large amounts of fish while they're pregnant? Oh, God, no tuna. <laughs> Absolutely no tuna. Um, so, yeah, no. And, and even the regular OBGYNs are telling their patients not to eat tuna. It has nothing to do with holistic or alternative. They just they know the levels of mercury. They know it affects the babies. So uh, we tell them no tuna. And, and even the sushi that people are, are scarfing down, they have to limit the amounts of that, too, because there's, there's heavy metals in there as well. And we did a show a couple of weeks ago about uh, children's dental health with Dr. Russ Meisner, and he actually has a protocol spelled out for women who, before they get pregnant, if they'll work with xylitol, that they'll Mm -hmm. help reduce the amount of strep mutans and reduce the risk of decay um, in their baby after the baby's born. And this is starting before they even get pregnant and then doing it throughout their pregnancy. So I'm going to encourage listeners to go back and listen to that show. Um, Mm -hmm. Freda, I want to thank you so much not only for being on today, but for the work that you do, keeping the website up and, you know, looking at the different articles and posting it and hosting it and just for everything that you do education-wise. And thank you for being on today's show. For listeners, I want to let you know that next week we are going to be dedicating an entire show to listeners' choice. We get email questions even when the show is not on. I I get a host of questions. And we're going to dedicate an entire show to listeners' choice and questions. And all we're going to do is just field questions. So hopefully we will have an opportunity to touch base and answer some questions Questions that, you know, if you've got a silly question, you're thinking it, probably somebody else is thinking the same silly question. So again, please go to our website, iabdm.org. It's a great group of dentists and physicians that understand that what's in your mouth can truly make a difference with your health and that your health can make an impact on your, your teeth as well. Until then, we see you next week on the Health and Wellness channel, the Tooth Body Connection. Thanks.
thank you again for tuning in to the Tooth Body Connection. Please join your host, Dr. Don Ewing, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again about a healthy mouth and a healthy body next week. We'll be right back.